Tipping Points in the Earth System. Welcome to the Tippies Podcast. The Tippies Project. During the Ice Ages, temperatures occasionally shifted abruptly to a much warmer climate in the Arctic region before gradually returning to its cold state. The phenomenon, which introduced very short and sudden periods of warm weather uh, right in the middle of the Ice Age, are named Dansgaard-Ösker events. It's theorized that the events are due to rapid changes in the currents of the North Atlantic Ocean. The idea is that when the strength of the ocean currents increase, it changes the distribution of warm seawater in the North Atlantic region, rapidly heating the Arctic. If the theory is right, the changes would have affected most of the planet, because it would have influenced wind and precipitation patterns. And actually, the Dansgaard-Ösker events have been identified in paleoclimate data from speleothems in caves, sediments in lakes and oceans, and also samples from the ice sheets as far as Antarctica. The only problem is, the ages of these numerous events have been hard to pinpoint precisely. Sune Olander Rasmussen from the Niels Bohr Institute in Copenhagen, you're part of the Tippers project and co-author of a paper today in science that solves this problem? Yeah, you can say that it confirms a long-held belief that these Dansker-Ösker events were indeed synchronous across the globe. So we used to have uh, issues with different dating methods and we weren't able to confirm that exactly the same things happened around the world. But now, by collecting a lot of records, um, we have managed to prove that these speleothems, the, the dripstones of caves, they record the same climate change uh, within uh, the, the best possible era that we can obtain uh, in uh, Southeast Asia, in Europe and in South America. Uh, so uh, we can simply see the same change uh, is happening within very tight bounds. So this has been possible by collecting all the data that is around and treating them in, a, in the same consistent way and making sure that uh, that we have very good grip on uh, on the errors and the problems, so we're able to narrow down the uncertainties very much. Then we see a, a pattern of, of climate change in, in these three regions that is the same, and then we, we, we compare that with what happens in the ice cores, which is what I work with, and we see exactly... And the ice cores are, is from the Greenland ice sheet. Exactly. So the ice cores are from the Greenland ice sheet and, and consist of annual layers on top of each other that goes all the way through uh, the, the, the glacial period, more than 100,000 years. And uh, we are, so we are able to date these in a different way than you, than you date speleothems, which are dated uh, by, uh, by radioactive measures. And, um, and, but, but even though they are dated in different ways, we find exactly the same pattern. And that is very uh, comforting, um, both from a scientific point of view, because uh, that allows us to, to tie these changes together, but also just personally, because we've been working on, on dating these ice cores for many, many years. And now this is an, an independent measure that shows that we find exactly the same pattern, the same distance between events, the same duration of events, which confirms that we have been doing a good job, a much better job than we had, that we had uh, dared uh, to promise. You might hear some traffic in the background. That's because we're sitting in your garden behind your house. And uh, But I would like to know, uh, Suna, why is this important? What what can you conclude from this and, 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 and what impact might this uh, work have, do you think? So so apart from the, 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 you can say, the slightly nerdy 
aspect I just I just explained, uh, namely that we can confirm that our dating of ice cores is better than we had had dared to hope. Then then on a bigger on a bigger scale, it shows that, that these changes were indeed um, manifesting it themselves around the globe uh, very rapidly. So we, we we don't really know what caused uh, these changes um, in detail. We know that they are related to changes in the in the transport of heat through the northern northern Atlantic, but we don't know the the exact me mechanisms that propagate these changes to the rest of the world. And by knowing the timing better than we previously know, it, that, that helps us identify the mechanisms behind. Um, these changes. So understanding abrupt climate change is, is, a, is a, something we, we aim to do in, in the TIPIS project. Um, and, and by looking at the past changes, we can, we can hopefully get hints about which mechanisms were at play. Because we will not get a, a climate change which is similar to this um, in the future. Because these were abrupt climate changes from a glacial climate to a not-so-glacial climate. Uh, and they are very different from from what we see today, where we are in interglacial, much, much warmer, maybe 20 degrees warmer in Greenland today than during the glacial, 25 degrees. But the physics hasn't changed. So even though the climate has changed since the glacial, the physics hasn't changed. So that we can hope that the mechanisms um, of climate change in the glacial will be similar enough that we can learn from, from, from those mechanisms in understanding what happens today and, and uh, could happen in the future. Mm, and that can might, might maybe be... Uh Uh, implemented in computer models and stuff like that, in in, in climate models. Yeah, I mean the method, the methods try to mimic these mechanisms. So the more we know about how past changes were were evolving and propagating in time and space, the better we can we can we can put these descriptions or can compare the models and see if they do the same thing and adjust the models and see if there are processes that we're missing or figure out which models are. I mean, there are many models around and they're slightly different. So figuring out which models. Um, are the the most realistic ones in terms of of, of of representing this physics that we that we can see in the past? Maybe we can just talk about the theory that I mentioned that the Danskoyska events are, I mean, driven by the changes in sea currents in the North Atlantic. What 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 is the idea here? What is it that scientists imagine might happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really good question. I mean, we can we can observe from from ocean records, especially, that that there were abrupt changes in the the strength of the ocean currents, and um, and that they ch therefore changed the de redistribution of heat from from low to high latitudes. But wh what triggered these changes is largely unknown. Maybe uh, the ocean currents are just arranged in such a way that they are able to to change between different states and it may be it may not take very much to push the natural system from being in a in a weak ocean current state to a strong ocean current state this is a, a matter of active research so that's 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 what starts the whole probably starts the whole thing uh, but then the atmosphere will react because when you change uh, the heat transport of the ocean then you also change uh, the weather patterns and the, the the wind patterns and wind belts well then that's because i mean when the when the temperatures <clears throat> of the surface of the sea changes it changes the weather above it also simply yeah it simply changes how much energy is given off in different regions and it is the dif the difference in 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 uh, in temperature humidity and and the insulation from the sun that drives everything in the climate system so when you ch when you change one part of the of the system other parts will respond and and sometimes compensate and sometimes amplify and understanding these mechanisms is what we're what we're here to do
And, and this changes the wind patterns then. That's, that's the idea. And like we're in Scandinavia, we're in Denmark right now, and it actually started to rain just a little bit, which is so Danish, actually. Whenever you sit outside, you might expect a little rain. But, mm, and um, that's because we have a westerly wind, the wind coming from the west, and it carries water from the Atlantic Ocean over our area, you might say. That's probably too simple an explanation anyway. But, but these wind patterns change. I mean, like the western winds of our area might, could have changed like to a, no, a more northern pattern or a more southern pattern. And so we'd missed out our lovely rain here with uh, would become a more dry area or whatever that's just an ex that's just an, uh, that's just a guess right and this is how this is why the speleothem records show these changes very very strongly um, they are mostly from low latitudes where the temperature may not have changed so much but because the whole uh, wind patterns and precipitation patterns changed um, that changed the, the the hydroclimate so the the precipitation uh, evaporation patterns very much and and many of these caves are from areas that are dominated by the monsoon so it's more important uh, the amount of, amount of rain in during the monsoon season is much more important uh, or dominating of the climate signal than, than the temperature itself or it's a combination but but generally uh, in low latitudes precipitation is is maybe a bigger a bigger driver than temperature while at in Greenland we, we saw changes of more than 20 to up to 20 degrees or, or more even in uh, in less than a, a human lifetime so so but the patterns change because because once you change uh, the, the the hot pool the warm pools of water you simply also move with that with them the the, pr the pressure the pressure systems and so the westerly wind belt the trade winds the intertropical convergence zone uh, these these regions where there is a, a certain type of weather which is typical at different times of the year will move together as these abrupt changes unfold so even though that 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 the weather on a short you know a few days range may always change the whole pattern moves and that persistent move is is strong enough so that it's it changes within sometimes uh, a few years or even a few day or a few decades at least changes the the, the weather patterns um, in these regions and, and, and in a very dramatic way. Yes, because that would have influenced uh, ecosystems and everything. I mean, if, if certain areas of the, of the planet becomes drier or, or, or more moist and so on, that really changes the, the, the whole basis of life, actually. Yeah, locally these changes have been extremely, extremely um, radical. Um, they're different from what we see right now, right now in the climate system, which is a warming of, on average, of the of the whole Earth. Uh, these changes were more like redistributions of heat. So it's not probably the the temperature of Earth did not change very very quickly during these events, but locally, whether you're in an area that gets a lot more heat transported into the region uh, or not, that that is what matters. And therefore, the local changes were extremely abrupt and much. Much more abrupt than what you could what you could um, get the whole Earth to do. I mean, as I said, in Greenland you can have temperature changes of 20 degrees in in let's say 50 years, and there's simply no way you can you can you can warm Earth that fast. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it if you could, but there's simply no thermodynamic way that you can do that. There's not not not, not enough enough energy available for that. But when it's about changing where the where the where the heat goes, you can have very abrupt changes. Um, and this is what we what we saw. It reflected on the speleothems. We also see it in Antarctica, in ice cores there, where you see a, 
uh, the opposite and 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 a more smooth signal because of this uh, consequence of the heat transport rather than the rather than the the precipitation. And even though these events, these Dansk-Oyska events, happened during ice ages, uh, we expect that climate changes will follow similar patterns today that that it will change uh, er, some areas of, of the of the earth into drier areas and stuff like that. change where deserts are change where forests are and so on so it's it's relevant for today to understand these things tipping points tipping points are involved in these mechanisms right uh, you believe that that there are actually thresholds that that are reached and so tipping points are reached uh, in these mechanisms will this study help the study of tipping points and or the understanding of tipping points do you do you hope yeah i mean the study of tipping points in the ocean currents is in is in itself a very active uh, area of research as, as as i as i said before we don't actually know why the the, the ocean currents change strength well, we can see that it happened and there are there ideas being discussed on how so that's that's the study of the tipping point itself uh, and then there's 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 the cascading so one tipping point in one area could it will lead to changes in and possibly very abrupt changes in, in other areas. So, so and that, but, I mean, we should not use the analogy of these climate changes too far. I mean, they are different, they are different from what we will see, but, as, but again, the physics is the same. So a lot of the mechanisms could be relevant, even though the, the change in themselves, going from a very, very cold glacial climate to a not so cold glacial climate is not super relevant for us then the physics is the same. And many of the same mechanisms and the same ways that climate changes propagate in in, uh, in time and space. So how they evolved uh, over time and how they, they propagate from one region to another could be very similar. So in that way, understanding the tipping points of the past may help us um, understand uh, the risk of tipping points in the future. Tips. The TIPIS project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme and a grant agreement number 820970.